the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Everybody to another edition of Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Jack Klein joining me as he does on Fridays. Reminder, everybody, go follow me on social media at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. Follow our partners, Boone Pick and State, as well at BP underscore State on Twitter as the logo bracket challenge is coming to a close. Uh, Jack and I are going to vote on our favorite logos here in just a few minutes. Uh, but Jack, last week I gave you just a bit of grief. Because you said that you and your wife watched all of Tiger King in one sitting. And I have to say, last Saturday, my wife and I sat down. And in one sitting, once you, once you watch the first episode, you can't stop. We watched the whole thing, start to finish, in one <laughs> sitting. And uh, this is all I've got to say. Because I saw Tiger, now I understand. I saw Tiger. Joe Exotic's got good hooks. You can't deny the guy's got good hooks. Yeah, I remember my wife, she was just like, he actually sounds like a country singer. And, you know, I'm glad that you said that because, yeah, you gave me uh, a lot of grief and I had to think about that later on in the day and uh, come to terms with that. Uh, but also, it is just a fast watch. There, You know, those 40-minute shows. It is. It, was, it, feel- it didn't seem like five and a half hours. No, I mean, those 40-minute shows, you know, outside of, obviously, you can say the difference of 20 minutes, but it's like there is a huge difference in terms of how you look at 40-minute shows as compared to an hour shows. It's like if you see one where it's a whole season, they're an hour long, you're like, well, that's like, you know, I have to invest my whole day in it. And it's like, well, with Tiger King, you invest only part of your day. Uh, what was the, what was your favorite part or most fascinating part of it? Uh, the Carol Baskin... <sighs> The, the deal with her husband was pretty fascinating. Do you think she fed him to the Tigers? Uh, I, I honestly don't think so. I'm pretty sure of it. And by pretty sure, I mean I'm very confident that she did. What about you? I don't see how there's any other thing that, that could have possibly happened. I mean, she fed and him she to the Tigers. The sardine we all know it. Oil, like, whenever she said the sardine oil comment and, like, whatever, like, episode five, it was like, okay, it sounds like you kind of know what exactly they go for. You know what I mean? It was just it was one of those weird comments that most people wouldn't say. So it seemed like one that was like an expertise on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if there would have been Amazon back then, you could have gone into uh, her uh, previous purchases and seen like sardine oil in bulk. For sure. <laughs> also, uh, one thing I wanted to point out too. So if we actually just comparing Joe Exotic's place and Carol Baskin, Joe Exotic's place, obviously outside until the end, but like it looks like his you know, where he actually kept the Tigers was more well-kept than what Carol Baskins was keeping hers in, right? Yeah, a lot of weeds at Carol Baskins' place. They need a weed eater down in Florida. I don't know how they <laughs> operate down there, but they needed to uh, to get after it. It seemed like early on, Joe was taking really good care of the Tigers, and then he wanted to become a celebrity and quit with the Tigers. The whole thing that, to me, was so sad was if he would have just quit the beef with Carol Baskin, he could have just lived a happy life. He could have just had his Tigers, made his little reality show. All this never would have happened. He wouldn't be in prison for 22 years. All he had to do was drop the beef with Carol Baskin. But he hated her so much that he ruined his own life over trying to take her down. 
Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things where Jordan and I were talking about this, my wife, we were talking about how it's crazy how it started out as just a little kind of bickering match. And then they're spending thousands and millions of dollars against each other when it's like, you guys yeah, could just squashed this. Like millions of dollars, you could have just squashed this earlier and both still had millions left, but it's almost like, you know, whenever you've got that much money, it's almost like your pride gets in the way and you're just like, you know what? I just don't care the amount of money. Um, I did think that the, uh, the uh, basically the expired meat from Walmart that he was feeding the tigers and subsequently putting on his famous pizza was fantastic. Uh, yeah, if you ate pizza at the Winniewood GW Exotic Animal Park and then you were watching that type that documentary, you felt a little uh, little off about yourself, I would imagine. I never went. Did you ever go to the Tiger Park? I did not, and I'm actually pretty happy that I didn't go at this point. Yeah, Dana and I were going to go one day a couple years ago, and it was closed. So I don't know if that's when all this was going down or what, but we were going to go, and it was closed. Uh, also, worst person in the whole documentary is Jeff Lowe. Yes or no? Oh, man. He's way up there. It's hard to pick standouts. In like You strike me as a Doc Antle where... guy. Like you think Doc well, Antle's okay. the worst. <laughs> So what's interesting is like, you know, usually on like shows or like, um, you know, any series, you find yourself just like, okay, well, hey, I'm absolutely in this person's corner. Like I'm way against the other person. I don't think I agree with anybody in the show. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they're all just definitely different levels of crazy. Uh, Doc Ansel is definitely the one to me that was just like, especially when he's, you know, killing those cubs just right after they get out of the petting things. It's like, to me, that's just, yeah, I, I, I couldn't get over that part, honestly. Yeah, Doc Antle is uh, pretty awful. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about uh, Oklahoma State sports, because that's what we're here to do, but we had to recap Tiger King since I finally got all caught up. want to remind everybody, go see our friends at Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater, 617 East Redbud Drive. They're wanting to take care of you during these times of crisis. Obviously, everything is uh, a little off, not what it normally is, but you can still go stock up at Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater. You can also find them online at livesgf.com. Again, that's 617 East Redbud Drive in Stillwater. Head that way. Tell them Locked on Pokes sent you. All right, coming up next, Jack and I will pick our favorite logo uh, for the Boone Pickens State Logo Bracket Challenges. We're down to the final four. We'll talk a little Eddie Sutton as that will be announced tomorrow whether he got in the Hall of Fame. Also, Farron Flavors Jr. Uh, get Jack's thoughts on how that works into uh, what Oklahoma State's going to do next year on the basketball court. That's all coming up. Stay with us here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Uh, and you can find Jack on Twitter at JackKlein underscore three. Did I get that right? Uh, it sounds about right. Yeah, JackKlein underscore three. Find him on Twitter. Follow him. Ask him questions about basketball because he's bored. He watched uh, Game 7 <laughs> of the 2016 NBA Finals the other night. Did you watch the whole game or part of the game? And I watched the second half. Okay, I watched so the fourth I'm quarter. I'm trying not to get too much, but I do have to have that like in my life. I've realized that I, I can't go cold turkey on sports. I don't care. You know, I watched the parts of the 1996 Eastern Conference Finals the other day. Like, it's just, I have to have some amount of basketball. But it's a good watch, though. I mean, you forget kind of how clutch that game really was. 
Yeah, I told uh, Dana earlier, I got the update that CBS is going to be re-airing the final round of last year's Masters on what was supposed to be Master Sunday. So I told Dana that we're going to be busy for about five and a half hours that day, and she <laughs> disagreed. She disagreed as to whether the Masters would be on the TV next Sunday. Uh, I told her, I said, it was already Masters Sunday anyway, so that was already time we were going to spend watching the Masters, and we have all this extra time built up from not having sports. So yeah, the Masters will be on the TV next Sunday. Yeah, I uh, actually, I don't see that'll be on there. We'll kind of just see. We'll have to play that on uh, the following Friday. See if you actually were able to watch the Masters. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's let's pick our favorite logos from the Final Four. I sent it over to you. So this is at BP underscore State on Twitter. Boone Pickens State, our partners here on the Locked On Pokes podcast, uh, has been doing this logo bracket challenge, and it's narrowed down to four now. So I'm going to try to describe these. Obviously, you can't see them, but I'll try to describe them for the listeners. So you've got the just old school orange OSU logo that has the O, the S, and the U, and then the S makes a line under the O and over the U. So it's kind of the old school logo. And then we've got the cursive script black cowboys with the orange outline. So just the word cowboys in the cursive script. It's black with the orange outline. The other logo is like an old bucking bronco orange and white and black logo. And then just standard pistol Pete. Standard pistol Pete with the pistol holstered just chilling, waiting for some action. He's coming and hell's coming with him. So those are the four logos that are left. Jack, your favorite logo of the remaining four. Don't steal mine. Okay. So, you know, initially I would have thought that it would have been the Pete with the holstered gun because I'm very boring. I like, I like vanilla ice cream. I just like, that just seems like the most, you know, OSU logo. Having said that, my favorite has to be the old school OSU logo. Just of the letters, the OSU is just, it was awesome, you know, you can see it on, like, Barry Sanders' helmet. Like, you, I don't know, I just, every time that I see that logo, it just, like, brings me back. And that's absolutely my favorite OSU logo. Yeah, that's far and away my favorite OSU logo. When I said don't steal mine, yeah. I, I thought for sure you were going Pete. I know you did. And I, I, I pulled it up on you. I, it's definitely, that's up there. You know, that's probably my top five. I think that we both agree, golfing pistol Pete, it doesn't matter which one is still number one in our Swinging hearts. Pete's way um, up there. Uh, but uh, since Swinging Pete's not available, uh, I absolutely think it's the old school OSU. Yeah, the old school OSU, and you described it perfectly. The one that you see on the side of Barry Sanders' helmet and all the famous pictures. That's the old OSU logo that we're talking about. So, a lot, I also of, a lot like of nostalgia the, uh, with that logo, too. Yeah, I also think that one that's... Uh, you know, a little underrated. I think it's more of, you know, whenever the last couple of years, but I, the Phantom or Evil Pete, however you want to call it, with the, you know, it's all gray and black with the yep. orange eye. That is an all, that's also a sweet logo. It's like the, the football helmets they've had where it's the orange helmet with that logo. Those are sweet. Yep, I agree. That one, uh, the, the blacked out, the black and gray pistol Pete, I think got eliminated in the last round. I think it made a while, in a while in the bracket. So head over yes, to Boom Pick and State on Twitter. Check it out. It kind of surprised me that that one didn't make it over. Um, I guess I, I like. I, I think that the Cowboys and cursive is also good, especially when it shows up on on the uniforms. Those are cool. The basketball ones. Yeah, but the old school basketball that, uniforms. Yeah. I'm surprised the Bronco got in over the Eagles. Well, I think the Bronco had good matchups. For being honest, I think the Bronco was favorably <laughs> matched up with other less appealing Broncos. You know, sometimes these single uh, elimination tournaments, it's all about matchups. Matchups make fights. And uh, I think some superior logos 
got left out because we were matching up Broncos <laughs> against Broncos. Yeah, I uh, and I don't and that logo is fine. Like I mean, like it, it's, it's oh, a it's nice a good logo, logo. Um, but it's it's not Evil Peter or Swinging Peter or uh, the old school LSU retro. Yeah. Anyway, if y'all want to have your say, find Boone Pickens State on Twitter at BP underscore State. Uh, Jack, tomorrow, so we already know because this was released. I think it was Tim Legler, maybe, who announced the news. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, it was Shams. So Shams apparently has sources somewhere that are saying that Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett are all in to the Naismith Hall of Fame tomorrow, which was expected, but Shams saying it pretty much confirms it. So that leaves two spots for the remaining five finalists, one of which is Eddie Sutton. Eddie Sutton, obviously, all of his career accomplishments, the only coach with 800 wins who's not in. Tomorrow at 11 o'clock on ESPN, we're going to find out whether Eddie got in this year. Jack, you think he finally gets in? You think this is the year? You know, I'm trying not to get my hopes too far up. You know, I think that for a handful of the last couple of years, you're just thinking, okay, it, it's time. Like, he's about to get in there. He's about to get his doing his recognition. I, I'm really hoping so. I'm I'm not sure, though. Um, what about you? I, uh, I don't think he's going to. I, I think that I somebody either. on that committee, it's a small committee. There's no accountability. Nobody knows who votes. The votes aren't made public. There's no accountability, and I would assume that whoever on that committee who hated him enough last year and the year before and the year before that to keep him out are probably still on that committee, and they probably still don't like Eddie Sutton. So I'm just going to have to assume that he's not going to get in and be pleasantly surprised if he does because I think if you go in thinking he's going to get in, you're going to be disappointed because it's still all the same people voting on the award. Yeah, I agree. I think that you know you're starting to get um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot more of a push this last year where, you know, the reporters are asking other coaches. And I remember one, and if you guys haven't watched it, you need to go back and watch it. It's with Chris Beard, Texas Tech's head coach, where it was after the game and that they played. And he went on this rant about he thinks it's ridiculous that Eddie Sutton wasn't in there. And I think that people are starting to rally where they're just like, they don't understand why he's not there. You know, I think a lot of these guys that are ingrained in the college basketball culture, that they're just like, Eddie Sutton's one of those guys. He should have already been in there. And I don't think that they know why there's actually a holdup. Like, I mean, do you know, like, why there's, why it's taking so long outside of, you know, some. I mean, it's, it's got to be some grudges at this point, but I mean, do you know... The, the widespread belief is that this is a small committee and there are one or a couple of members who have a personal disdain for Eddie Sutton. And, and, and you know, if, if you're talking about an, an award or a Hall of Fame that has a thousand people voting on it, then that doesn't make that big of a deal. But there are, I think there's either like 24, maybe it's 12. I think it's 24 people who vote on this award. So if you get a couple people who 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 just dislike a person, then that's the problem. And it, it, at the end of the day, what are Hall of Fames? To an extent, they are, like the rest of life, a popularity contest. And Eddie right. Sutton's not that popular with the voters. And, and there's not really a remedy for that. We, we don't know who they are. We, we can't replace them. These aren't elected officials. So I, I don't know. There's no solution. We just sit around and get mad every year, I guess. That, I mean, that's what's going to happen tomorrow at 11. If Eddie doesn't get in, you're going to get on Twitter and everybody's going to be furious. And it's just like rinse, repeat every year. Yeah, you know, I think that the one thing that does 
scare me a little bit is it's like you want him to get this recognition while he's still around. You know what I mean? Yes, while he can do it with absolutely. His, with his family, with his son. Like that's something that it means a lot to me as an Oklahoma State fan growing up and you get to see what he did in Stillwater. Like you think about that. Like you're talking about Stillwater, Oklahoma, and he created a huge program and he was a part of a huge program. I think that I just – I don't want to see one of those situations where he gets his due and he gets his huge recognition. He gets that like that celebratory, um, you know, into the Hall of Fame whenever he's not here. I, I really hope that they can do the right thing because I, I just hope they can get it in, get him in there the next uh, year or two. But yeah, I think that I think that your outlook's probably the safe bet just to assume that it's not going to happen and just hope that you're pre- pleasantly surprised when everything gets. Uh, it's released. Yep, exactly. That's tomorrow at 11 o'clock on ESPN. It will be aired live, so if you want to have your heart broken live on television, you can do that tomorrow at 11 o'clock ESPN. We're going to take a break, come back, wrap this thing up. Farron Flavors Jr. committed to Oklahoma State, grad transfer from Cal Baptist, and he is a sharp shooter. We're going to talk about how that fits into next year's team. Jack is our basketball guru, so we'll talk about spacing and all that good stuff with Cade Cunningham and now Farron Flavors Jr. joining the Cowboys. That's coming up next. Stay with us here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on Locked on Pokes. Want to remind everyone once more before we get out of here, go see our friends at Simply Green Pharmacy. They want to take care of you during these times of crisis. They're making sure that everything is clean and safe, sanitized, wearing gloves, customers not handling jars, all those things. They're making sure that you can get in and out of Simply Green Pharmacy with no problems. It's 617 East Redbud Drive in Stillwater. You can also find them online at livesgf.com. Head that way and tell them Locked on pokes sent you. All right, Jack Klein is with me. He is our basketball guru, and we did have some basketball news this week as Farron Flavors, a transfer from Cal Baptist, has now made his way to Stillwater to play for Mike Boynton's squad in his final year of eligibility. So now, Jack, we're going to have Cade Cunningham for a year, and Farron Flavors will join him for one year. This is a guy who, uh, on a lot of attempts last year, I think he made 93, and he shot 43.9% from three. So he was a volume shooter and he's a good shooter. Now, obviously, that was at a lower level playing at Cal Baptist, but with Cade Cunningham coming in and Oklahoma State losing pretty much all of the three-point shooting it had off of what was a poor three-point shooting team, how big is it for them to get a grad transfer, a guy who can walk in and is kind of a plug-and-play option who can shoot the three? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I remember the first podcast that we did and we were talking about that's the one thing that they really struggled on that they really have to be better at. And I think Obviously, you had a guy that, you know, has that many attempts and at 44%. I mean, that's a pretty high, especially collegiately, uh, three-point shooting uh, percentage. And so I think that's where we're talking about the only way that they're going to be successful is to get those guys that are able to spot up shoot next to Cade Cunningham. Because if they can get that, I mean, obviously, the sky's the limit for the team. I mean, I think they can be a really – really elite team because you see a lot of these teams now the best ones you know you, you know especially in college it's like if you just have the best player you're going to win a lot of games just because you're overwhelming with talent at the most important position and especially with a guy like Cade who's going to be a primary ball handler the ability to to not have someone try to help off of other players to try to double him whether that be if you know when he's attacking the rim or even just trying to set up a play or drive if they have you know those shooters that can keep the defense honest 
Kincaid's going to have so much space to just do what he does. Yeah, Oklahoma State has 33 returning made threes next season. 33. Keep in mind, that's in about 30 games. So Oklahoma State has about one made three a game (laughs) coming back. So getting fair and flavors was huge. I I saw where he had Oklahoma State in his top five last week, and I'm like, okay, they need this guy. It made too much sense because for him, too, you want to come play with Cade Cunningham. You want to get noticed as a shooter. I mean, where where are you going to get noticed better than playing alongside the potential number one pick in the NBA draft? People are watching him, and then all of a sudden, he kicks it out to you, and you knock it down a few trips in a row. All of a sudden, you turn some scouts' eyes. So I think that that played a big part in him wanting to come to Oklahoma State. Yeah, and you know, I think that part of it is that you're getting to see how just these transcendent players just, it changes the way that people look at, you know, the players that play around them. Like, for instance, you know, we talked, quite a few times about Zion and I've said Zion was the best prospect coming out of college since uh, LeBron came out of high school. So um, I obviously a comparison to Zion is kind of hard with Cade, but Cade's way up there in terms of he's going to be, you know, uh, he's going to be the number one overall pick as long as he just keeps progressing and doing what he's done. Yeah, as long as nothing goes but wrong, I, he'll be the, he'll be the first pick in 2021. But I also think that what, what's so important is, He's going to – I just believe that people are going to flock to the TV to watch him play. And these other guys like him, that he'll be – you know, like we're talking about getting these guys that are three-point shooters. It's going to make their job so much easier. And, you know, nowadays if you can shoot the three, that's how you get chances to get into the league. You know, you can get to the G League. You can be a second-round pick. You know, if you can shoot the three, people are finding minutes for you um, and, you know, the next level in the NBA. So – I think it's a smart move. Just match up with Cade Cunningham. You'll get a, a ton of people to watch your games. And as long as you just keep shooting that same percentage, I mean, he's going to get looks, you know, and, and he'll, he'll get shots up. You know, I think that hopefully that's something that Boynton is going to want to focus on is, is not just being, it's more of like not just being better three point shooters. Cause you're not going to win if they replicate their three point shooting from last year, but getting good quality looks, which, a guy like Cade's going to be able to get other people. No doubt about it. Jack, that is all the time we have today. Have a good weekend. What are, what are you and the wife watching this weekend on Netflix? I'm not sure. We're actually going to try to put we've got this car seat in a stroller, so we're going to try to get some of these boxes out the way. I'm actually not sure. I think that we, we've been doing this Friday movie night to try to keep some amount of reality from all this stuff going on. So last week we did 1917. Oh, how was it? Movie. Uh, really good. Um, just the cinematography on it is just really nice. The, it's just shot really, really well. And uh, so I picked that one. And so I think that my wife is picking Knives Out tonight. So picking I'm not what? sure. It's, it's a movie called Knives Out. Okay. It's like a murder mystery type movie. I think like Daniel Craig and some other ones. So ah, makes sense. I took last week's movie. So uh, I decided uh, I'll go ahead and <laughs> we'll watch yours this week. Also. One other thing, I didn't even know my own Twitter handle. It's Jack underscore Klein three. Uh, please shoot me ideas because I need to update that. I haven't updated that since college. So what any your Twitter ideas, handle? Yeah, yeah. You need to get the underscore out of there. The underscore makes it hard on people. You think so? Because the other ones would not even. I mean, I think even when I tried it, it wouldn't even allow me to not use it without the underscore. What? Uh, mine doesn't have an underscore. What's your? Uh, what's your middle name? Just use the middle initial. Yeah, I guess that's an that's that's an option. Yeah, Jack R. Or, Klein. Is it R? 
It's actually a J. It's not an R. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. You know, I also don't like the Twitter handles that say real blank. You know, it's like if yours was real Colby Powell, like it's just like, come on. What about Jerry Ramsey who has at TV's Jerry because he's on TV once a week for 10 minutes? It's actually pretty solid. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> like, pretty good. Like that's actually a great. That's a great Twitter handle. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan. All what right. are you guys watching? Uh, we're watching Ozark. We are on season two of Ozark. We'd already seen the first two seasons, but we forgot everything that happened. So we started back over season one, episode one. We figured, what the hell? We've got time. And uh, now we're about halfway through season two. So we're trying to barrel through that and get to season three because we finished Dexter. We plowed through Tiger King. Now we're going to finish Ozark. That'll take another week probably to watch the 15 hours of episodes we've got left to watch. Uh, <laughs> if that might not even take a week. And then I don't know what we're going to do. We're, we're cutting trees down on Sunday. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah, okay. we're going to yeah, get out I the backyard to... with a chainsaw and get after it. We have not watched Ozark yet. That might be on our list. Ozark should be very high on your list. Very high. Second, you'll you'll second be hooked. Breaking Bad. Uh, yes, Breaking Bad should be higher on your list than Ozark, but Ozark should still be high. You should watch Breaking Bad. And then, speaking of high, you should watch Breaking Bad, and then you should watch Ozark. Yeah, see, the sad part is I want to start these new series, and then I just revert back to the same thing I always do, which is, oh, The Office is on. That's great. Uh, <laughs> yes, I need to watch The Office again. I haven't watched it in at least, like, 18 hours. By the way, did you read my top 25 Office episodes last week that I did for From the Back Tees? I did not. You sent me the link, and I, I may or may like not have said I was going to read man. it, I did <laughs> I'm very sorry about that. Yeah. Like I will, if, I'll read that, and then I'll report back on it next week. Yeah, like if the coronavirus gets me, just use that as my will, because I don't have a will, so just use my ranking of Office episodes, and whoever agrees most closely with my rankings gets all my stuff. Hmm, okay. You can put that on your tombstone as well? Uh, Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be really expensive. That's going to be a big tombstone, right? Uh, yeah, because I included a quote from each one. We'll probably leave out the quotes and just run them down 25 through 1, favorite episodes. The problem okay. is, though, the rankings can change day by day, depending on what kind of mood you're in, which episode you've just seen and is fresh on your mind. Because there were a couple I left out of there that afterward I was like, ah, probably should have been in there. But then I don't know what I kick out to put that in there. It's a whole mess. Anyway, we're out of time. We've been out of time for five minutes. Jack, have a good weekend. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Back Monday with another edition of Locked on Post.